Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 167, Minds Dramatize. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Changeable. This is the last in our series of That's Just What Minds Do episodes. So this one is Minds Dramatize. And this is actually my favorite, I think, because um, it's kind of, it has some some irony in it. It's one of those that we don't talk about all that often. I mean, everybody knows that minds are constantly comparing and worrying and uh, still important to look at it and to see a little bit more behind the scenes of why they're doing that. But that's that's not shocking. Those aren't surprising. Um, but I think just talking about how minds love to exaggerate and be really dramatic and add color commentary and emotion and so much to how we're seeing life I don't know. I think that one is just not something we're used to noticing or talking about. It just looks like when our mind gets really dramatic and is exaggerating, I think it typically just looks justified. Like, well, that is what's going on. <laughs> this is really, really horrible. Or I am really, really starving and I feel like I'm about to pass out or something so dramatic where, where when we start to tease this apart a little bit and just take a look, it's like, oh, yeah, there's a little a little empty feeling in my stomach. And my mind is saying, oh my God, you have to eat right now or you're going to die. That's, there's a little drama, <laughs> a little exaggeration going on. But I know for myself, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see that in a day, most likely. I'd be like, okay, yeah, because I'm hungry. Give me some food. So it's interesting to take a look at this, especially if we aren't used to it and, and just get this... Uh, get this feel for how the narrator is a big drama queen. And the narrator just will take everything to the max and just want the most, um, the most colorful, flavorful rendition of, of what our senses are taking in as possible. And also how it will play it off and pass it off as if, who, me? I'm not doing anything. I'm just narrating. I'm objective here. I'm just telling you how it is. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just reporting the facts, which is completely and utterly crazy ridiculous. There is nothing objective about the narrator. Nothing. Now, the narrator may narrate facts, but when the narrator is narrating a fact, it just doesn't feel like anything. It's just a neutral fact. When there's emotion and drama and it, all of that involved, uh, tons of detail and adjectives and all of that, there's nothing objective about that. It's 100% subjective. So let me say more about that because that, that might not be clear. Um, just this week in in our graduate community, um, someone was talking about how she saw that her mind was having a field day, making up all these dramatic stories about how her next month was going to be because her husband was going to be gone and because of some stuff happening. So um, she saw from her emotion 
that her mind was being very creative. She knew that. She knew because the whole story playing out in her head that was that was behind all this emotion was a future story. Like none of that was actually real in that moment. So that tipped her off as well that, okay, my mind's really going to town here on a big emotional story. But but what caught her up and what catches so many people up, this is just incredibly common, is she would say, I know there's a lot of a lot added in this. I know there's a lot of story and a lot of meaning behind the scenes in this, but it's actually true, right? It's true that, I'm just making this up, but it's true that my husband's going to be gone 10 days out of the next 30. And, and so that leads her to believe that, yeah, but what I'm feeling is the truth of the situation. I'm feeling the fact that he's going to be gone because he is going to be gone. I mean, we can look at his calendar and that's at least, at least he's planning to be gone. Who knows what'll happen, but we can say it that way. He's planning to be gone 10 days. That's not a lie. That's not something my mind's making up. Like that's, that's the case. So this happens all the time because there's, there are facts and, and what our narrator is saying. And then there's drama and exaggeration and emotion and meaning and a me, me, me story at the center of all of it. So yes, her husband was planning to be gone 10 days, let's say, out of the next 30. So what? That is 100% neutral. There's nothing good about that. There's nothing inherently bad about that. There's just nothing, there's just nothing about that. It's, it's the most boring, neutral fact you can imagine. But it didn't feel neutral and boring in her mind because her, her narrator went to work giving it a ton of meaning. So that's, there's no fact in that. The fact is the fact. Facts don't hurt us. We don't, we don't get emotional over facts. We get emotional over the way a mind dramatizes the facts. So. Again, and again, it's easy. It's so easy to miss that. It's easy to say, yeah, but this is the thing, you know? And so I just think that that piece of this is not talked about all that often, and it should be. It's really, really big to see that, that any fact, and I know this sounds crazy, but any fact, people get a diagnosis, and that's a fact. It's a neutral fact. And then there's all kinds of narration and all kinds of emotion around it. People break up. It's a neutral fact all kinds of people weigh themselves, step on a scale. It's just a number, totally neutral until a narrator grabs it and then it doesn't feel neutral anymore. And when the narrator grabs it and spins it into this big story to get our attention, to to bring flavor to life, to kind of, I think, probably kind of wake us up to, again, think about things a lot, think about what this might mean and how, you know, what might happen in the future because of this and how should I protect me and my identity and and our brain is saying, how do I protect this physical body right here? So let's look ahead and figure that out. The whole dramatization thing, exaggeration thing that our mind does is is just, I think, part of the the bigger purpose that that we've been talking about for all of these. You know, it's just what a brain has physically evolved to do. And it's just how thought shows up. And especially when thought is showing up so emotional and exaggerated, it's going to get a lot of attention. And it's going to have these little 
tentacles that go out and get wrapped around other things, you know? So if it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe my husband's leaving for 10 days and why does everyone always leave me? <laughs> well, yeah, there's there's a lot in that. There's a lot of, of other thoughts and memories, very sticky things that have been imbued with all kinds of emotion that are just sitting there saying, oh, I'm a match for that. You know, before you know it, you have this super thick, emotional, dramatic, exaggerated story of the fact that this guy's just going to be gone. So it's easy to miss and it's always happening, always happening. And it's kind of ironic that what we're saying is easy to miss is flair and exaggeration and drama. These things shouldn't be easy to miss, but we've but we've lived in a sea of them our entire lives. We've become so, you know, accustomed to this just being the way that our mind talks to us that we we become kind of blind to them. The story I tell in this chapter in the book um, was about me having a month similar, kind of similar to the example I just used of the woman in our community. But f- this is a few years ago for me, and it was just an exceptionally jam-packed month. Um, with a lot of travel on my part, a ton of kid activities, uh, like every single night there were things and often conflicting things. Like he had to take one kid somewhere. I had to take another kid somewhere. Sometimes just craziness. Um, and you know, there was like a month of this that was again, a few years ago and it was an opportunity. It was so fascinating because during that time I could see so clearly more clearly than I ever had, how much my mind is always wanting to talk about things. So one thing I saw, I saw the exaggeration, I saw the drama, but one thing I saw really clearly as well is just how much my, I guess, I, I don't know, like there's a feeling of comfort almost in repeating and almost ruminating on what's coming up. And given what we've talked about in terms of how our brain works and it's evolved to predict things, that makes a lot of sense. So when I have a lot going on, my mind wants to go back to the plans a lot. Now, this is totally unnecessary. It's not adding anything. It's not helpful in any way besides that it feels like it brings some comfort and some certainty. But you know, like I'll look, okay, Monday, that's right. Here's what's happening Monday. Okay, I need to pack by Monday night to leave on Tuesday. And then this is what will happen when I'm gone on Tuesday. Like you need to do that once. <laughs> My mind didn't get that memo. It doesn't get that memo. It likes to go over these things multiple times. And I don't know, it's just at this point, I think all of these things are just pretty cute. Not always in the moment, but looking at it, it's like, oh, it's it's like just chewing a bone. It's like it's there kind of letting me know, hey, don't worry, we got this. Yeah, as if my mind has to have this. <laughs> Meanwhile, life is taking care of all of it. You know, things keep unfolding and happening exactly as and when they're supposed to. But my mind just loves to to sort of reassure me in a sense by by going over things over and over and over. And during this time, I, I saw how much, um, I saw the drama and exaggeration and my mind trying so hard to find some comfort um, in the form of a couple things, math, 
(laughs) So there was a lot of math happening in my head. A lot of this many days until this trip is over and then this many days until that thing happens and counting hours of sleep and miles traveled and, you know, all of these, how many rehearsals are left before the play, like just so many things like that. So much counting, so much math. And of course that math is not neutral. (laughs) You know, it doesn't just feel like, like, okay, here's the facts. It's, uh, there, there's a lot behind the scenes in that a lot of thinking sort of wrapped up in that. The other thing I noticed that my mind really loves to do is to try to, this is funny, kind of try to plan for some future reward. So I think, I don't know, I remember doing this like in college, you know, I mean, I'm sure probably most people do it at a lot of points, but like in college during like finals week, for example, if I was actually going to study for all my finals, if it was, if it was, uh, one of those times when it's like, okay, this is going to be a tough week. I'm going to be studying every night, taking all these finals. And then it's going to be over, you know, Thursday at three o'clock or whatever is the last final. So much celebration and planning for what's going to happen Thursday at three o'clock, how I'm going to feel, how I'm going to reward myself. I mean, that's just what a mind does. And, and, you know, back then it, just looked totally normal and no big deal. And now it might still look normal and no big deal. But I don't know, it popped out at me as completely independent from life living me. You know, like life is just going to live and nothing's, nothing magical is going to shift at 301 on Thursday when the last thing is crossed off the list. But what also really jumped out at me is like just the whole time aspect of that. Like, why would I think, let's say it's, you know, it's today, it's August. Why would I think at the end of August that come October 1st, when, when the craziness slows down, I'm going to want or need anything? Like, how the heck could I know that right now? So I don't know, that just looked very funny to me. It's all part of this, this big, elaborate, dramatic story of, ooh, like all of this stuff's going to happen and here's how you're likely to feel and here's what you're likely to want. And it's all so completely made up and so like out of context and just crazy. Like why not, I don't know, why, why not just be lived and we'll just want what we want when we want it rather than predicting it. But that's not that's not what a narrator is here for. A narrator is here to look ahead and be prepared for things like this and and apparently to talk about them and reassure you over and over until you you reach that point. So as I wrote about in the chapter for myself, when I went through this, I, I just noticed, yeah, all the math, all the, oh my gosh, you know, how am I doing this? I must be so tired. I don't know. Like, how is this going to work? And all of that just jumped out, a lot of that anyway, jumped out clearer than it ever had as just this narration of really not much happening. Step on an airplane, you step off an airplane. You step into a car, you drop a kid off somewhere, you go home. You find some dinner somewhere along the way. (laughs) Sometimes it's a decent dinner, sometimes not so much. Whatever. Life is still going on. Like that's kind of the, even that is a lot more subjective than it truly is, but that's kind of it. 
that was kind of it every moment of that month. And that's not how it played out in my head. I, I heard from a friend, I didn't hear this or read this myself, but um, I heard from a friend who follows uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, the author. Um, she's a big fan of her. My friend is a big fan of Liz Gilbert. And she was reading Liz's blog or Facebook post or whatever it was um, as like, like in March of 2020, as everything was shutting down for COVID. And Liz, as many people were, was off traveling and doing all this stuff. And she was one of those who just barely made it back in the country before they closed all the borders and, you know, had the experience at the airports of just everyone being in a little bit of pandemonium, like, I I don't know, but, you know, those early days when it was all very strange and, and very brand new, very foreign. And apparently Liz had written this bit that she shared um, about how she had been through this and she got back home and was on her way back to her house to hunker down for who knew how long. And her family, who was concerned about her being out traveling and stuff, uh, reached out and was like, how are you? (laughs) Like, are you okay? Where are you? What's going on? And she noticed, Liz noticed her mind like, oh, it was so scary. And then they were taking temperatures and they were doing all these things. And I just barely made it back in the country. Like she heard her mind play this out in such dramatic detail. Now that is what she went through factually. Like, you know, like those things happen. She had her temperature taken. She, she got on an airplane. She got off an airplane. But she felt her mind, noticed her mind just play this out in such a dramatic way and kind of had this little space, this little moment where she could tell that version. She could, you know, whoever in her family she was talking to, she could have done that. She could have gone for a bunch of empathy and sympathy and and just been so exhausted and worn out and all of that by this whole ordeal. But in this little little tiny, probably split second of space. She saw the big dramatic story and she kind of came back here to now and said, hey, it's fine. I'm home. That's the truth of it. It's fine and she's home. Now, I'm not saying, and I might be taking some liberties with this story, by the way, because I didn't read it, but that was a, that was kind of the version I was, I was, uh, was given to me and I was like, yeah, I think I know, I think I know that. I think that's exactly what I'm writing about and and talking about how minds dramatize. It's not, it's not that we shouldn't tell the dramatic story. There's no right or wrong about that. Sometimes we will. Sometimes you even notice that space and you choose to. I think we do that with, in certain friendships and in certain moments, like sometimes you do know Especially as as you come into this conversation more, I hear this from people all the time, and I've experienced it a lot. Where I, I can notice my mind if I'm with friends and they're complaining or gossiping or whatever, you know, it can kind of be like, yeah, it doesn't look that way to me. But sometimes you jump in the story because you just do. It doesn't matter. That's fine. So I'm not saying, you know, there's a, a right or wrong way to talk about things or feel things at all. 
sometimes you'll go the dramatic route, sometimes you won't. Even when you have a little, when it feels like you have a little bit of a choice, even when there's a little space there, it's just cool to see what's going on. That's all. It's just cool to see, wow, a narrator really milks it, really milks it, really repeats things for your comfort, supposedly, really likes to plan ahead, tell you how it's all going to go down and what's likely to happen. Sometimes, if you're anything like me, really likes to plan for your future rewards because, oh my gosh, this is going to be hard and you need a reward at the end. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes, sometimes you go there and a lot of times you're able to kind of notice it and, and it just doesn't carry the same weight as maybe it carried before you noticed it. Two places in particular where I think this very practical ways that this plays out for people a lot. I hear both of them from people in the school and just in general are around sleep and physical pain. So, which actually are pretty similar things already. So lack of sleep isn't because we're counting and we care. It's because of how you feel. You feel almost physically pained, right? When you don't get enough sleep and physical pain, you feel physically pained. So there's there's some energy there. There's some sensation happening in, in what we're saying is happening in my body, right? There's something you feel physically, energetically. And then there's a ton of thinking about it. And this is a great place to see that playing out, how a mind loves to just milk it and add add the commentary, add the details, exaggerate, even though I'm sure our mind would not call it exaggeration. We, we can see it that way. Add the drama. Oh my gosh. And why? And again, there's always a time element in this, always a time element. And, and when there's a time element, that shows you very clearly that it's your mind doing it because there's no time outside of a head. So there's always a time element of, oh no, this pain is back and how long will it last and how long did it last last time? Or, oh no, again, no more sleep. It's been two nights in a row and how will I feel tomorrow? You know, I mean, a huge time story going on. And even just in that time story, I mean, that's, even if it feels relatively, uh, again, it, it may feel relatively, objective and relatively neutral, but our mind is never objective or neutral. So it's just good to kind of be onto that. But I think sleep and pain are two things that for sure there's something there. And then that something there kind of has a few options. It, it, it can be a sensation that we feel into and then it'll do whatever it does. That doesn't mean it's going to vanish just because we feel into it with not a ton of story. But it'll be there as it is. You'll just you'll just be tired rather than tired and suffering. Or you'll just be in pain rather than pain and suffering. Or not. <laughs> or or not, you know, or the sensations are like, no, not this. And then there's resistance, and then there's a ton of pain or sleepiness or suffering. Another way that this um this one just came up a couple days ago, but I think it's such a cool way to look at this. Another thing, another way that I guess this sort of plays out is um, kind of along the lines of what I was saying about how sometimes when we're with other people, 
we almost have this um, this space where it feels like like we see that there's a big dramatic story happening, maybe coming out of their mouths or or there in the back of our heads, but but more than before, it almost feels like we have a choice, or you know, like you you don't need to jump on board with that. Maybe things look or feel a little bit different. So the way this came up a couple of days ago, I was I was presenting to a group and a woman who's fairly new to this understanding. Um, she asked, "How does this go?" She's like, "When people explore this, do their relationships change?" Now that's kind of an open question. So I went off in a, on a tangent, kind of speaking about my experience with that. And it turns out she had a, a much more specific question or concern underneath it. And her concern was, okay, well, here's really my question. Um, I, I, used, I usually just complain about everything and I worry about everything and I use my friends as a sounding board. So my friends are very much used to me calling them and just saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening and he did this and that's going on and what do you think? And she said, I don't know what's going on. I guess she was kind of new to all this. She's like, I don't know what's going on, but I don't do that anymore. She's like, and my friends are worried about me. <laughs> my friends are like, uh, you have some stuff going on, you know, like, I don't know, there was some drama with people in her family or whatever. Um, what's wrong? Why aren't you talking about it? It's okay. You can open up, tell us, you know, and, and such kind, loving friends, right. And just doing what they were used to doing. But this woman was like, yeah, I know I can open up, but it just doesn't feel like I want to. <laughs> like it just looked totally different. And it was interesting how the turn this took for her because her friends were a little bit concerned. And then she started to get concerned and she started to wonder, and I think she like Googled some stuff. I don't know how she came up with this, but she started to wonder if she wasn't um, kind of, <laughs> this is funny as you say it, like secretly depressed. I don't know who the secret is from, but uh, maybe I'm depressed she thought maybe there's some depression because it feels i feel flat i feel like i just can't get all worked up about drama anymore that i used to get really worked up about and and she described it as kind of flat and like just kind of apathetic this is so so common i i've heard so many people talk about this and i think it's just a really cool example of this to see like See, our mind will say, your mind is jumping around, the narrator jumping around, super dramatic, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe everything's going to fall apart. So when we get onto that and we're not feeding that and, and buying into it and voicing it in the same way, it just doesn't have any power. What Doesn't it make sense that your mind is like, ooh, why aren't you not listening to me anymore? What's wrong with you? You feel so flat. Isn't this boring? Do you even have any emotions anymore? <laughs> Maybe you're depressed. Like, isn't that just what a mind who's being ignored for the first time ever would say? So, I mean, honestly, I've seen this play out in dozens and dozens of people. Initially, when we start to see the drama and exaggeration for what it is, and it just doesn't carry the weight anymore, and we're just not so interested, it's very common for us to interpret that or a mind to interpret that as you're depressed, you're boring now, you have no emotion, you're flat. But what happens, that's like, that's like the pit stop. That's like the stopover. That, that, it might feel that way or look that way for a relatively short period of time. 
Now, as we get used to the quiet, the relative quiet, the relative peace, not jumping on board with all of our minds' dramatic stories, it doesn't feel flat anymore. It starts to feel amazing, the opposite of flat. I mean, there's so much depth in the quiet and the seeing our mind jump around for attention and not need to go there. It's an incredible feeling. It does not at all feel depressed or flat, but it can initially. And I think that's just cool to see why, because our mind's over there like, oh, yeah, you're not listening to me. I'm not steering the ship anymore. So there must be something wrong with you. So I thought that was a really cool illustration. I knew I was going to be recording this episode um, in the next few days. And when she brought that question up and we could look at it and it was so helpful for her too, because she really was thinking like, wow, I don't know about this understanding. (laughs) Like, yes, my mind is quieter and a lot of nice things have happened, but I think it might be revealing my depression, you know? And it was like, as soon as she could get a bigger view of this and see kind of how I'm saying it, it, you could just see like the relief wash over her, see the weight lifted. And yeah, it was kind of cool for me too, because I knew I'd be talking about this soon. And, uh, and it's just a really, really great example of that. So I don't know. I love this chapter in the book. There's no real reason to. Uh, it's not like a particularly profound chapter or anything. It's, you know, it's not like a a key idea is shared here. But in terms of all these, that's just what minds do topics that we've been looking at over the last five weeks. um, I think this is a cool one. It's a little underrated and it's not talked about as much. So hopefully it's helpful uh, to explore it in this way. My new book, Just a Thought, will be out this coming Friday in just four days on October 1st. So this Friday, October 1st, I'm having a huge party to celebrate. I'm hosting a free book launch party where I'll share some of the inside scoop about the book. And of course, there will be some amazing party favors, including signed copies of the paperback that I will mail to your house and five free seats in the Just a Thought book club, which is beginning October 18th. So you can RSVP for the book launch party at dramiejohnson.com slash launch party. And I hope to see you there this coming Friday. Friday.